Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, a clinical microbiologist and the Vice Chair of Education for the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the Chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic and the President of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. This is our weekly discussion with Dr. Maurice in which we learn about updates in laboratory testing during the COVID-19 pandemic. Thank you for being here with us this week, Dr. Maurice. Oh, it's my pleasure, as always, to join you. <laughs> Great. Well, things continue to move really quickly on the COVID-19 testing front. Um, and now the big news is really the government is transitioning to push testing coordination out to the states. We'd love to get your input on this and uh, what advantages you see to this approach. Yeah. And, you know, first of all, um, I have to just say that it continues to be in this COVID-19 pandemic that in healthcare in general and in the labs in particular, we are at a dizzying pace of change. You know, we're honestly, it, it feels like the COVID pandemic has induced a time warp where things happen extraordinarily. What used to take months or even years now is happening weeks and months. And that's, you know, I would never have envisioned a, a testing program that would be initiated by the federal government really with the visit, for me, the visit March 4th to the Pence team at the White House, that now two months later, we're talking about how we're gonna push in that, that testing program out to all 50 states. Um, it's, so it's, it is pretty mind bending to think about what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, it's incredible. So yeah, with that, I think um, it's pretty clear uh, as I've had a chance to interact with uh, at the federal and state level, that this is very much flavored by the process being led by Vice President Pence. We know during his visit here, uh, as a former governor of Indiana, he is very engaged with, the, with still with the governors of the United States um, and looks, sees them as important leaders. And you can see where they arrived at this conclusion that the best way to manage testing was at the state level, just because the pandemic is very different in different areas of the country. So what we're facing here in Minnesota uh, and in the upper Midwest, it just in, in Mayo Clinic is much different than what is being faced in Florida uh, by Mayo Clinic in Florida and Jacksonville and that state and Arizona. They all represent different scenarios in terms of the number of people in the population that have been, uh, that have been contact, contracted the disease, excuse me, um, the, the areas for social congregation. Uh, clearly, clearly beaches are a big concern. Uh, that we don't have beaches here. We have lakes that tend to be more distributed. I mean, it sounds funny, but it's really true. A, a lake is a much different scenario in terms of congregation than everyone going to a beach. So lots of different things I, that I think make it quite logical that the state should own their planning. Plus it allows, each state has its Department of Health. So they do have a public health infrastructure to help manage that part of this pandemic as well. So I see all those as really uh, validating the approach, but there are some concerns. Yeah, so absolutely, this makes sense, but let's talk about some of those concerns you may have then about this approach. So uh, the first one really is, I don't know that the, even at the federal level that we've reached a state of maturity uh, with how this testing is being grown from the capacity perspective to really have a very 
uh, well-orchestrated handoff to the state. So it's not like there's a really firmly established federal program on increasing testing capacity for the country that the states can now engage with and understand how to localize to their different areas of, of the United States. And so uh, that will potentially cause confusion uh, as we try and understand this. Uh, there was just a conversation last week, should, when the federal government starts to engage in this, should they give, uh, tell each, uh, what, what is the capacity in each state um, and have a, um, a lab like Mayo Clinic Labs that does national testing say what each state capacity is and the others too, Quest and LabCorp. Clearly, I think that would just cause more confusion because we're not really designed. We wanna support our localities preferentially. And as I've stated many times, Minnesota has always been our priority here in Rochester. But the flip side is we support testing all over the country. So it would just be confusing for someone, you know, in Kansas, that's a Mayo Clinic Labs customer to know if I had to broadcast what availability we have, what would that mean for can You know, it was just too confusing that on that end of things. I think there's really still accountability and funding questions that are still at play here that will also be confusing at the state level. Uh, so really who's accountable for growing the testing capacity in the United States where it's needed to have safe reopening and safe assessment of different states is still unclear. And clearly, and adding that or delegating that responsibility to the states won't really help. So how is the federal government still gonna get engaged in helping to address some of these issues that the states just can't? It's really impossible for Minnesota, as we've learned through our own interaction around their state program, to have any insight into how national testing capacity is being grown that really impacts the state. And the other does still revolve around funding. So the labs have been engaged right from the start in terms of standing up capacity uh, for COVID diagnostics in the United States. Uh, for labs that are purely within health systems, there is some funding that's come through the CARES Act to get funding to the, to the hospital laboratories, but there really has been no specific funding for uh, Mayo Clinic Labs or any of the big national labs that are making these investments. And now there's money we know that's been allocated to the states for testing, but how that's gonna actually flow through to support state testing needs is still unclear. And so that makes it difficult uh, to understand. It will create challenges in terms of the states making choices for testing, which I can kind of go into as well. Yeah, sure. This is a complicated uh, scenario for sure. It'll be interesting to see how it all unfolds. Yep. Yeah, I think this is an example, uh, Bobby, is so in our own state program in Minnesota, we really have focused on the kind of the, the two applications for the testing. One is for, to support actual patient practice and patient care, and the other are the public health needs. Now, who pays for and how those public health need testings get supported financially is still very unclear. It's pretty clear for patient care, we should be focusing on all the other ways we pay for testing to support patient care with, with private payers and government payers, et cetera. But you know, who bears the responsibility for the public health and the seroprevalence and the other things is really not very clear and actually, but it's still very important early in the reopening. And that's where having some clarity about how funding will flow. You know, Will the federal monies be help the state of Minnesota do a seroprevalence study so that as we reopen, you know, those, those are still questions that have to be addressed. Well, I guess we will see how this goes. Um, seems like we're optimistic this, that things are working well, but still, still some challenges to face here. I agree. I, the one thing I remember uh, 
talking with our former CEO, Dr. Noseworthy, about just uh, some of the challenges in healthcare. And he said the most important thing to remember is you have really good people engaged mm -hmm. in, the, in the process. And so I, I think we're really feeling that here. Uh, people, will, we will figure it out. It was just have a few kick, you know, a few bumps in the road, but the everyone engaged uh, at the federal and state level really has their heart, that I've interacted with has their heart in the right place. So I think we'll get there. Great. Well, thank you, Dr. Maurice. And also thank you for your leadership during this uh, interesting and ever-changing time with COVID-19 testing. So in just reflecting on this scenario and how it's unfolded, uh, are there any things that you would do differently or any uh, lessons that you would take from this approach? Yeah, well, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I think just as everything is sort of accelerated or in this new um, somewhat surreal time compression uh, for the country. I think the same is being experienced both for me personally as a leader, as well as in healthcare, we're seeing things about ourselves. I think for me personally, the lesson learned is you have to surround yourself as a leader with a really strong leadership team and be very, uh, and they have to be comfortable challenging you uh, and, and, and sharing their ideas openly so you can make the best decisions in a very fast moving environment. And also for me personally, is that also involves delegation. I think in healthcare, in general, in a physician-led organization, there tends to be more, um, it's more the professor is, you know, the, of course, the professor model, and then it, they, bearing a lot of the responsibilities and having a lot of the authority. I think with this, it's pretty clear we need a lot of leaders in lab medicine, and even in Mayo Clinic, that really feel empowered to carry discussions forward and to come to me when they think they need help or with their ideas, getting them vetted. So that's just delegation and team building, critically, critically important for, for, for us and for really any, any organization, but it's really highlighted in times of stress. And then for healthcare, I think we're learning a lot about ourselves that we kind of knew already, but it's really casting a bright light on that. Number one is a fragmentation in healthcare. I think that a lot of the challenges that we've had around building the testing capacity for the country and for the states as we spoke to is because of that fragmentation. Uh, it's just very difficult to kind of set these mandates that, that, that percolate easily through the healthcare system just because there's lots of little doors that these have to go through. I think that's something that will be addressed. And the other piece of it is the need to make sure that we do not leave behind members of our society that are socioeconomically disadvantaged. I think we've seen that with COVID about how it's hit certain parts of our population quite hard. The homeless, uh, those experiencing homeless, I should say, or the indigent, um, there are certain, certain groups uh, that we really have to that pay attention to and understand uh, and, and make sure that they're not slipping through the proverbial cracks. I think those are the big things as we go forward that we have to keep in mind. Well, thank you, Bill, for that insightful response. We'll look forward to further discussions next week. Excellent. Me too. Great. Thank you so much for tuning into Answers from the Lab. If you are interested in learning more about what we discussed in this episode, please click on the website address below. Plus, be sure to subscribe to this podcast as we will continue to provide you with Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing, science, and people who are making it happen behind the scenes. Thanks again, and don't forget to tune in every Tuesday and Thursday.